you guys remember the old Disney movie, the old Disney movie, uh, The Sword in the Stone? Do you remember that? Or it's Sword in the Stone? There you go. Look at that image. Sword in the Stone. Sword in the Stone, old Disney movie. And basically, it's about this fictitious character. Some people say he's real. Some people don't really know. Who cares? Anyways, King Arthur. Okay? King Arthur. Anybody kind of know a little bit about King Arthur? So let me just kind of recap the story, if I could, for a second. So basically, a long time ago, in the Middle Ages or whatever, King Arthur is just a boy. Um, the whole land of, of England or Britain or whatever is uh, divided, and all the kingdoms have kind of been without a king for many, many years, and so there's this sword, and it's stuck inside of a rock, and this great, uh, this great uh, story goes that whoever can pull this magical sword or whatever out of this rock is going to be uh, the one that is worthy to be the next king and unite all of England or Britain or whatever, Okay. And so uh, the story goes that young Arthur has an older brother who is kind of a knucklehead. He's kind of uh, like a showmanistic kind of guy. Um, and they are all in this big competition to see who's going to get the chance to go and to pull the sword out of the rock. Okay? That's what they're fighting for. And so during this process, young Arthur is just his brother's, uh, basically his squire. He's basically just his, like, errand boy. He's... Uh, what they would call him then an armor bearer. He's the guy literally just gets to do all the stuff nobody wants to do, okay? Because that's what little brothers are for, okay? And so, anyway, I'm just kidding. So that's what he wants to do, or he's doing. And so in this process, his brother's turn to go, and he's going to fight, and he's going to get to, you know, compete in this challenge where he's going to get to be, uh, you know, worthy to go and attempt to pull the sword out of the rock. And in the process, Arthur realizes to himself, because he's just a boy, and little boys forget everything, right? Anybody know anything about little boys forgetting everything? They would forget. That's why parents are like, put your shoes on. Do you have your pants? Where's, where's your book bag? I told you to put your shoes on. I mean, it's this constant thing. Little boys, come on, give them a break, okay? Just little boys. I know, because I'm still just a little boy <laughs> in a little boy's body, all right? <laughs> so anyways, Arthur forgets the sword he doesn't know what to do. He takes off running into the woods. So Arthur takes off running into the woods, and he stumbles upon a sword stuck in a rock, right? This couldn't be, this couldn't be better. He runs up, and, and I, he runs to this, this sword that seems to be oddly placed in this rock, which seems so convenient because he's in the need of a sword right now. And so he pulls it out, and he runs over, and he hands it to his brother. And so the story then begins... Arthur becomes king of Camelot, the greatest kingdom that ever lives, blah, 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 right? Well, the story goes on to say, whether it's true or not, it doesn't really matter, it's just a story, that King Arthur, King Arthur, uh, in that time, put together something that he called the Knights of the Round Table. Anybody remember that? The Knights of the Round Table? Well, you see, this... This was a uh, very, very radical, radical uh, social system for somebody to do. Because you see, back then, you had the king, and then you had, like, everybody else. Like, it was just the king, and no one else got to say anything about anything, okay? And so the class system was, like, extremely poor, which was a lot, a lot of people. And then you had one guy and his family who were super rich and got to do whatever they wanted to, basically. And uh, so 
by King Arthur saying, you know what I'm going to do is, instead of a square table or not a triangle table or anything like that, we're going to make a round table. And you know what round table meant? Round meant that anybody that got to sit, bless you, Miss Bernie, anybody that got to sit at this table, we're all now equals. And that was a radical idea at that time. It was a radical thought that whoever could sit around me is not any higher or lower than the king. But now we all get to see eye to eye. Does that make sense? And so he had some knights, some people like Sir Lancelot, where, you know, (laughs) knight in shining armor, babe, you know what I mean? This is my wife, by the way, right here. This is Michelle O'Dell. Stand up, babe. Stand up. She doesn't like to be called out. She said, I'm going to sit in the back because whenever you go to call my name, I'm going to run out the back. But I made sure she sat there so I could call her out. You know, isn't she beautiful? She's beautiful, babe. Come on, babe. Give her a hand. Isn't she beautiful? I'll let your boy, all right? You did. All right. Just kidding. All right. So anyways, so my, not my wife, Sir Lancelot, got Sir Galahad, right, which is a really awesome name, uh, and some other knights that I don't know, the only two knights I know of, um, but there was about 120 people that got to sit at this giant, massive table, and they got to have a say in the king's life, which is a radical, radical social thing. It just didn't happen ever, okay? And so, basically, um, I say all of that to say that King Arthur had stumbled upon something that really, really, really worked, and that is... He had stumbled upon the idea of a life group. One of the very, very first life groups. Where the person who gets to say what they need to say and the person who gets to call the shots gets to just be on the same playing field as everybody else. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter really where you are, uh, financially, socially, wherever. We all just kind of sit together in this circle. And in this circle, this circle is, we're all the same. Does that make sense? And so, before I go any further, I need to get this illustration uh, uh, started here. Um, let's see. So, I had this, I had this illustration that needs to go with my sermon tonight, and, and it's going to last a little while. And, and basically, the, the people in this room, until the very end, will think two th- one of two things. You'll think, one, um, man, this guy's really, really mean. Um, or two, this guy must be a youth pastor. Um, and so... Or, or both, okay? And so I needed somebody super strong, like not just like, oh, I think I'm strong, like I work out. No, no, no. Like somebody like army strong, okay? We got any of those that have served in the military this past week. It was Veterans Day, and we just want to honor them right now. Anybody serve at all in our military this year? Can we give them a hand? Can we give them a hand? Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. I called upon my army friend. His name's Alex. Come on up here, my friend. Come on up here, bro. Give it up for Alex, you guys. Alex, army strong. He just served two years. He was honorably discharged. He's awesome at a lot of things, including basketball. If you don't believe me, just ask him. Come on over here and uh, stand right here, my friend. And what I'm going to need you to do is uh, you're, gonna just, you're just going to be super strong for me. I need you to just, he, he doesn't really know what he volunteered for. I just texted him late last night and was like, hey, would you be willing to help me with a sermon um, illustration? He's like, yeah, I'm army strong, whatever. And so I'm good at basketball. So anyway, so I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Um, I need you to pick this up, okay? And uh, keep it nice and wide, nice and wide, because I don't want it to break and bring water everywhere. 
but if that was to happen, it might be a God thing, okay? Uh, and keep it at a 90 if you could, okay? Keep it at a 90. Please don't lift your wrist, uh, and, and that's good. You good? You good? Feeling good? Awesome. Awesome. That's good. Okay, so listen, I need your guys' help, okay? As I'm talking, which I will just continue to talk throughout the night, um, not throughout the night, hopefully the next, like, 30 minutes or so, um, Alex is going to stand there, and if he lowers his arms at all, I need you guys um, to, uh, uh, to, to, to call him out on it, okay? You got you to gotta call him out, okay? You got you to let me know that I, we need to make some sort of adjustment here. You good? You good? Okay, cool. Oh, I f- almost forgot one thing. I almost forgot one thing. almost forgot one thing. Go ahead and lower it just a little bit for me. Uh, I need to add some, add some water. I practiced this earlier. So I wouldn't mess up and like spill water everywhere. Does it feel even? That one's lighter. This one's lighter? Okay, let's make it a little heavier for you then. <laughs> that better? Mm-hmm. You good? Need more? It's up to you. Okay, we'll just wait then. Okay, we'll just hang out. Okay, so like I was saying, so King Arthur had stumbled upon this revolutionary idea of a life group. And that was a time where everybody could kind of sit around the circle, and we were all the same at this time. Does that make sense? And you see, what we're talking about here, we're talking about friends. Everybody say friends. Friends, Friends, perfect. See, now, friends... Friends, the thing about friends and the thing about people that get to sit in your life group or the people that get to sit in your circle, the thing about friends is, is that, uh, that friends, you see, you eventually begin to believe, or should I say we, begin to eventually believe what they believe. Does that make sense? I'll say it like this. Uh, uh, if we hang around people that are very, very positive, very positive people, uh, you tend to think positively. Does that make sense? And as, and as we surround ourselves with people that maybe have a more negative effect, maybe they're a little more pessimistic, they're a little more negative, um, then we tend to fall in line and kind of think more negatively as well. Does that make sense? So what our friends believe is eventually what we will believe, okay? Um, that's just kind of the truth and how it is. Does that make sense? So... Um, I'll say it like this. You know, there's another type of friend. Um, I I call it uh, truth unloading and radical honesty. Truth unloading versus radical honesty. You good? Yeah? You sure? Let's add some water, man. What do you think? Let's do it. Just a little bit of water. Okay. It's a little bit of water here. Got a little more water for you. Okay, you good? Okay, he's good. Awesome. Okay. Like I was saying, truth unloading versus radical honesty. Okay, remember. All right, don't bend your wrist. You're good. Okay. You guys just start curling. We only need to add some more water in a second. Okay, truth unloading. Versus radical honesty, okay? Truth unloading, I have to say it the way I wrote it or I'll mess it up. Um, Truth unloading is unfiltered, unloading of complaints, opinions, and commentary, okay? And so the thing about truth unloading is, is it's usually, uh, it's usually uh, something you didn't ask for, (laughs) Does that make sense? Uh, somebody just comes to you and just like, you know what? I got to tell you something really hard, man. Uh, it sounds like this. I'm just being honest or I'm just being your friend right now. And da, 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 da. And usually you didn't ask for that opinion. Does that make sense? It just kind of gets 
unloaded, right? And so that's, that's one type of, of way that people kind of tend to try to be close and to help you out and things like that. And the other way, the other way, we call radical honesty. Radical honesty sounds like this. Radical honesty is a private conversation that motivates you to be who God has called you to be. Somebody that loves you the same way, but does it in such a way that would pull you aside and say, listen, I love you so much, um, that, and I know you so well, that, that this right here, ah, oh, man, this isn't, I know this isn't you. Does that make sense? But they do it privately, <laughs> right? And, and sometimes we have to give people that access into our life to be able to speak that. Does that make sense? Now, these are the type of relationships and friendships, and this is kind of what it's all about. This is what friendship is all about. Now, um, I want to talk about uh, this illustration that I made up. Baby, can you bring some water, please? I have a water right over there. Uh, a, this illustration, you good? You need some more water? All right, zoom, come on. How's that? It's getting heavy. It's getting heavier? Okay, hang tight, okay? You don't have to hold it so high and see how you're rolling your wrist right there, Remember I told you about that? You gotta roll your back this way a little bit. Other way, other way, other way. Other way. There you go. There you go. Other back. See? Don't let it bend like that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Keep it nice and wide. Thank you. All right. Thank you for that. Oh, I'm making me thirsty, all this water stuff. You good? It's getting heavy? <laughs> All right, well, let me talk for a little bit. Okay, so we came up with this illustration, speaking of friendships, okay, speaking of friendships and different types of friendships and levels of friendships, um, this one, I like to call it the friendship elevator. Everybody say, the friendship elevator. It'd be cool if we had some elevator music right now, but we don't. I didn't ask for that. It's okay. So check it out. So this is the friendship elevator, if you can see it. Um, my friend Jonathan, again, I think he probably drew that. It's really awesome. Good job. Um, and so there's four different floors along the friendship elevator. You good? You need some more water? <laughs> All right. So we got the friendship elevator and the four different levels of the friendship elevator. Now listen, the lobby levels... Okay, the lobby levels, think of like a, like, a, like a large building. Who works in a large building downtown or something like that somewhere? Or you, or you have ever before been in a large building that was, you under seen a large lobby before? Excellent, that's mostly everybody. Ready to go, ready to go. Some of us need to get out more. So, this is up. In a large building, you have a lobby, okay? And the lobby levels, the lobby levels are who I want you to see, speaking of friendship, Okay? Kind of like, imagine when you go to the grocery store, okay? This is who I want people to see me as. Does that make sense? Now, I, now you laughed over there. That's funny that you would laugh because some people just don't care what you want me to see you as when they go to the, the grocery store. And that may, that may be a bad example. So we'll use another one. What about Facebook? Facebook is kind of like the you I want you to see. Does that make sense? Nobody posts pictures of themselves like sick, like sick today selfie. Like you've never seen a sick selfie before, right? It's just you don't do that. I don't want you to see me that way. I want you to see, you good, bro? You're not good? You need to get some of that, oh, let's get some of that water out of there. All right, let's, you're rolling your wrist too much. You're going to break it and it's going to be water everywhere and we're going to have to fire you. All right. 
Go ahead and lean down a little bit. Let's get rid of some of this water. It's okay. Be careful. Okay, hang tight. I'm getting this side out. Now that's hard. All right, all right, you're good. Can we go this way? Little, whoa, 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 whoa. You're good, you're good. This looks so sketchy right now on video. I guarantee it. Is it good? A little better? A little, a little better? You're gonna get the muscle failure soon. Let's get some, let's get some little up more out, okay? We want, you, we want you to be army strong. Okay, how's that? A little better? All right, we're going we're gonna to help him out. We're going to get some more water out. Come on, man, army strong. Can we cheer him on a little bit, help him out a little bit? Good? That better? You sure? Mm-hmm. All right, don't drop it. What was I talking about? Lobby levels. The lobby levels are who I want you to see that I am. Does that make sense? Think of Facebook. Think of the grocery store. Think of when you, you know, uh, you go in any place where there's people uh, and, and it's just kind of like, this is who I want you to see. Does that make sense? Okay, good. Now let's move on to the next level. The next level are the lower levels. Now, the lower levels, this is a place where you just get to see a a little piece of who I am. Does that make sense? This is the type of friendship level where you get access. It's a little, notice you look, notice up there and you look at the, at the, at the, at the, at the graphic. It's a little bit smaller up there. Does that make sense? So this might be like my coworkers. Okay, or maybe like my neighbor, like I, I frequently maybe watch uh, football or we uh, go to a barbecue together or something like that. Some of us are real close with our neighbors, so maybe that's not the best example. But these are people that know a little bit who we are, uh, maybe like my barber or something, you know. Uh, we, we talk about things, but, you know, he just doesn't know, like, the whole story. Does that make sense? We talk about sports. We talk about where we're from, things like that. You know, a piece of who, a piece of who I am, but you just really don't know the whole story. Does that make sense? Okay, good. Now, this third level here, as we get a little bit higher, a little bit higher into the higher floors, this is who I really am. Here's where you get to see me. And now you notice that there's even fewer people allowed there. You good? All right, let's get some more water out. What do you think? Or some more water. You need more water? No, you don't need more water. Okay, let's get a little bit more water out, okay? I can't get any more out, out, out. All right, so good, good luck. Okay, so <laughs> now when it comes to people who know who I am, who I am, this is like, I'll tell you like this. I have a friend, his name's Tyrese. We have this understanding, Tyrese and I, that we have, you're good? He's good. Okay, his arm is strong. Okay, so. We have this understanding that whether it's, whether it's 10 years from now or whether it's a year or a month or a week, that wherever we are in life, wherever we are, we know, we know that as soon as we see each other and as soon as we meet, our friendship is just like that. We know who we are. I know who he is. He knows who I am. I don't have to know his day-to-day operations and what time he works and, you know, what place at the factory he has or something like that to know that he would never do this, 
or he would never do that because that's not who he is. Does that make sense? I know Tyrese, and he knows me. He knows where I'm at in my faith journey, and I know where he's at in his faith journey. We just know each other. But, just to be totally honest, you look like you're struggling, bud. You look like you're struggling. You good? All right. All right. Honestly, in my own personal life, there's even fewer people, even fewer people have access to that level in my own personal life. In fact, I thought about it as I was preparing this message. There's four total people that are at that level in my life. And that's my fault. That's my fault. Does that make sense? Now, this last level is the passcode level. Now, this level is who I dream to be. This last level is who I dream to be. And you see, in that level, you have to have basically some sort of passcode to get there. You sure you're good? Need more water? (laughs) Okay, okay, good, okay. Okay, I thought of it this way. I need some water first, hang on. He's so mean. (laughs) Told you. I used to work at this place in this big office. And in this big office, there uh, was this executive floor that you had to have a key card to get into. Now, only a select few people were allowed to be on this floor. Does that make sense? And if you didn't have a key card, you couldn't be there. Now, the other thing about the passcode floor was that even though you may have access to there, the time you were allowed to be there was also monitored and restricted. And so if I was only allowed to be in this floor for maybe an hour or something like that, and I spent three hours, well, I might get called into a meeting over that. Does that make sense? Now, there's very few people in our lives that know us well enough to know that when we start to do something or live our lives in such a way that it doesn't line up with what they know about who we dream to be. Does that make sense? There's very few people allowed in our lives in those higher levels that could look at you and say, something's off because I know you and this is not lining up. Because I know, I know who you want to be. Does that make sense? <sighs> look like you're struggling, man. Whew. Sorry. Sorry you're going through that alone. And so, I had to ask myself this question. And it it dawned on me that in the friendship elevator, I'll say it like this. You push the buttons on the elevator, but your friends decide on what floor to get off. Does that make sense? You push the buttons on the elevator, but your friends decide what floor to get off. Now, I'll explain. 
You see, what I mean is, is in the friendship elevator, you're pushing the buttons. You're saying, come on, yep, you're my friend, yep, whatever, yep, we're, we're, we're doing life together, push the buttons, let's go here. And I'm not saying that they, when they see who you really are, they say, oh, no way, I don't want any part of that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, we're the ones who decide how close they get to be. Does that make sense? Well, you see, that begged me to ask myself this question. I had to ask myself. Why do I have so many friends in the lobby level? Why do I have so many friends in the lobby level? And the answer was simple. Maybe I'm a lobby level friend. Maybe I can't give people the access that they need because I don't want to. And so the question I asked myself was this, am I the friend I want to be? Am I the friend I'm looking for is looking for? Go ahead and put that up there. Am I the friend I'm looking for is looking for? And what that, and I know that's kind of wordy, but what that means is this. It means, would I want to be my friend? Does that make sense? And I'm not talking about just being outright mean. I'm talking about letting people have access to see the real me. Huh. Man. You see, so many times in our lives, in our, in our, in our journey through life, we go through life alone. We go through things that are hard and they struggle and it looks like it's easy and you think it's easy because it's just a little bit of life. It's just a little bit of life. It can't be that hard. But when you go through it alone for so long, even just a little bit of life can feel like a whole lot of weight. Does that make sense? Man, we got to give some more water to Alex. Oh, yeah, you guys all, huh? Just a little bit. Oh, man. Just a little bit more. It's okay, buddy. It's okay, man. Hopefully somebody will get it. Here you go. It's okay. Yeah, clap for him. Clap. Is that good? It's good? Okay. Man. It's interesting about the friendship elevator is you could also look at it spiritually, too. You see... In our relationship with God, he pushes the buttons and we decide where we want, what floor we want to be comfortable at and stay on. Does that make sense? God is calling us to higher access. God is calling us to more deeper levels of intimacy in our lives. And we choose, man, God, I'm just not so sure you'd like me at that level. I'm just not so sure, God, that I'm actually, I know what it requires, you know, a passcode and all that kind of thing to kind of get to that level, uh, you know, a place and a time for that to happen. But I'm not so sure that I can commit to that. I'm not so sure I can commit to that. And so I'll, I'll just stay right here and I'll just do it alone. I'll just do it alone. That's, that's good. That's really good. That's really good that somebody's, they don't want you to do it alone. Alex, can you give them a hand? Can you give them a hand that they're, 
we're catching on. You see, that's the whole point. That's the whole point of life groups is, you see, that water is just like life. You can't control when it happens. You can't control how much of it you can take at any given time, but it happens. And the truth is, we were not meant to go through life alone. We were meant to do life together. We were meant to carry each other's burdens. We weren't meant to be alone. God is calling us to higher levels of intimacy with him, but we decide where we're comfortable at. Some of us struggle spiritually. We have doubt and unbelief. Some of us have dreams and desires to fulfill the calling that God's called us to do. That's go back to the friendship elevator. That's what the passcode access is. Who you dream to be are the dreams that are inside of your heart. And you know how I know those dreams are put there by God? You know how I know that? Because they're not the same as mine. Because the Bible says, the Bible says that he knew you in the innermost place. He formed you there. He placed, that means that he placed those desires in your heart. And he's called us to that access. And so sometimes, sometimes we go through life alone. Sometimes we struggle spiritually alone. And it's sad. Honestly, some of us just need friends. Some of us really need to just live life together. And so, instead, just saying, myself included, lots of lobby level friends because I won't let people in. I sit comfortably in my seat and I watch people around me struggle. Just saying. But you see, those dreams that God has placed in our heart, he desires to give them to us. He desires to see us walk in that level of intimacy with him. He desires that. In fact, it says it right here. It says it in Psalm 37, 4. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. If we'll just say, God, I trust you that as you push the buttons of where we're going next, I'll be comfortable going as high as I could go. Psalm 37, four. I'm just gonna take delight knowing this is where you called me to be. Does that make sense? I was pretty decent. We clap our hands right there, okay. Right on. I'm going to read you some scripture now. In Exodus 17, verse 10 through 12. Before I read this, I'm going to tell you a little bit of this story about a guy named Moses. Moses was a man who had recently, recently uh, been used by God in a powerful, powerful way to free his nation of people. A nation, not just like a tribe, not just like a small group or a life group, but a nation of people out of Egyptian slavery. And as they're on their journey, which took a long, long time to get there, along many of their battles, they encountered an enemy. And Moses 
Moses said it like this. He said, listen, you guys go fight. And I know that if I just stand here, I hold up my hands with the staff of God, we'll win. Let me read this scripture to you. It's in Exodus 17, 10 through 12. It says it like this. It says, so Joshua, he did what Moses commanded and he fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and a person named Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. And as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites, their enemies, they gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. And so Aaron and her, which I did not plan that, by the way, found a stone for him to sit on. And they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands so his hands held steady until sunset. You know something? Moses and the Israelites overcame their enemy that day. But you know something? Moses couldn't do it alone. So my question to you tonight is this. Who do you have in your life holding up your arms to spiritual victory? Who's in your life right now? Who's in your life? Who's holding up your arms? Who can see you struggle? Who has the access to the passcode to know this is not who you dream to be? Who are those that are radically honest in our lives to be able to, to help us along? Who has that access in our life? I'm afraid not too many in my own life. I have too many relationships that are neutral. I'm not talking about anybody in this room. I have amazing friendships in this room. I'm talking about personally though. There just may not be enough people, relationships that I've cultivated enough to know. Lance, it's not who you dream to be. Who's holding up your arms? to spiritual victory tonight. If you don't know, if you say, I could see that friendship thing, elevator buttons, got it. I understand. I'm probably not cultivating those types of relationships. I'm here to encourage you tonight. You weren't meant to do life alone. And you can't control how much of life comes on you at a time. But are there people in your life that are close enough to you to know they're struggling right now? And they need somebody to love on them. You see, I'll say it like this, and I say this to students all the time. So many times we look to the masses instead of the Messiah. We look for the approval of everyone else instead of cultivating 
in intimate relationship with God. Because it'll suffice for a little while. You can be army strong all you like, but you can't control how much of life comes at you at once. I want to encourage you, if you're not in a life group, get in a life group. If you don't have a round table to sit at, and everyone now is equal, you need to find one. Some of us say, I'm a little beyond that. I'm a little beyond that. But I'm busy. I'm busy. We're doing good. We're doing good. We're just busy. I understand that. And I believe you. You probably are extremely busy. There's probably some people, though, that need your strength. You should consider starting a life group. Now, we're all about to head into the holiday season. And you know something? You don't need a, a life group. You don't need to wait for this to happen next semester or whatever's going on. Because truth of the matter is, this is one of the loneliest times of the year for people. In fact, when I was sitting at my seat, scripture came to my mind. It was Matthew 25, 40. It says, but whatever you've done unto the least of these, you've also done unto me. You know what Jesus said when he meant, when he said the least of these? He meant whatever you do for people who can do nothing for you in return, you did it just for me too. So many of us cultivate relationships only for the sole purpose of what it can gain for us in return. And Jesus says, that's how you treat me. I just want to encourage you tonight to cultivate some relationships this holiday season tomorrow with some people that can't help you I decided this past weekend I'm going to start allowing some more people inside because you know what the weight of my life spiritually physically emotionally mentally I just can't take it anymore and I can't do it alone I need some more people that have higher level access into my life to help me carry this weight.